Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. International News Review. Welcome back. We are with Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor, McClarty Associates, in our International News Review. Steve, nice to see you again. It's been a while. At GVZ, it is so good to see you. I, you don't know what it's been like. <laughs> the pain ne- and suffering. Neil, Neil referring to Wrigley Arena. <laughs> Oh, oh you know, just thank you for coming back. <laughs> for heaven's sake, I'm stepping in right now. In case you forgot, we are sitting in the Topo heartlands of Singapore. We are not sitting in Boston or Chicago or New York. This is a Singaporean radio show, and I bring the Singaporean back to it. No, you bring the British to it. Let's no, not we're, we're, we're in Chicago town right now, right? Exactly. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. And we got Max. Now you got Max joining the, the Bruce Springsteen family, yep. so it is yep. just wonderful uh, to have. Honestly, he's more two-faced than Fredo <laughs> from The Godfather. I know. I heard some of the shows that, you guys had. That, I heard how you were talking about me while I was no, gone. No, I was very complimentary. Oh. But he was, oh, it's so professional. It's so slick. It's oh, right, so right. this. It's so that. <laughs> did you or did you not say that? <laughs> if, you know, you're on the Neil, spot now. This is an indictment. Oh, did, I just you, say, did you not say that? Neil would this. say Glenn who last, last couple weeks. Oh, <laughs> I have the proof. I have the WhatsApp proof. All right. Speaking of Chicago town, cars, cash, corruption in Singapore. Singapore police have seized a billion Singapore dollars, including luxury homes, cars, watches, in one of its biggest anti-money laundering probes. This is um, this is a wow moment, I think, for all of us here in Singapore. It's a wow. And I, I loved reading through who they were and, and, and what they were laundering their money with. I mean, so is Sue Hygiene a Cypriot national, right? And then you had, uh, let me get his, his name right, Sue Bao Lin, a Cambodian passport holder. I mean, let's, let's, let's see where the, we all know where, the, where this money was coming from, even yeah. though they w- had all of these passports that they bought. And what did they have? I learned a new, a new thing, bear bricks. I never even yeah. heard oh, of the, bear yes, bricks. Yes, I've heard of those. Yes, I know someone I, who I collects agree. them. I hadn't heard of it either. I had to look it up. Had to look at $10,000 yes. for some of these. Uh, so, they had the cash, they had the houses, they had the, the bags, they had the bare bricks. Um, and so clearly what's happened, cars. uh, well, cars, um, and clearly what's happened is that Singapore has become such a global financial center that brings so many good things with it. I mean, it brings employment, it brings investment, it brings all of the ancillary services that go along with being a global financial services hub. Law firms, accounting firms, PR firms, ESG firms. So it's great for Singapore, but it also brings crime. Um, and Singapore is not surprisingly stepping up on on these criminal activities. Yep. Yeah. The case is ongoing, so lots of alleged and mm. innocent until proven guilty and everything else. But more broadly, Steve, and this is a question I've heard a hundred times this week, how can it happen? I mean, anecdotally, my accountant tells me to keep every single receipt for the last five years in case Iris comes after me. And yet here we have guys with fleets of cars Properties everywhere. Good class bungalows. Good and class bungalows. And, you know. Does anybody ask the question, where is the money coming from? I suppose the question is, who is responsible here? Is it the tax? Is it the government agencies? Is it members of the public? How did these guys get away with it, allegedly, for so long? Well, they, I mean, I think, well, they didn't get away with it eventually, because they got eventually. caught. Um, I mean, I think you have to have some trust in the system when you are talking 
about billions and billions and billions of dollars coming through Singapore as as a global financial hub. You put in checks to find out where are there things that are going to be showing up as red flags, and then you want to investigate those red flags. And and you know you cannot have as as uh, you know the. Singapore law enforcement said we're going to have zero tolerance for use of Singapore as a safe haven for criminals uh, and their families and or of the abuse of our banking facilities. And so you need to have that. E- I mean, what goes with being a global financial center in the 21st century is the ease of doing business, mm. the ease of having transactions go through. And it's why you set up these red flags. And you would imagine that once the the police and the financial regulators get a sense that something is going on, they are going to let it continue to go on to so they could see where is this criminal ring? Mm. How do we track them? Follow the we, money. How do we attack? <laughs> how do we how do we arrest right. ten of them all in in one shot? And so that's what they did here. So I think it is the system working, and hopefully this will send a signal. And clearly, look, this was, as you see, where all of these criminals apparently were from. They were from one country. They then get passports across the world where they can buy them um, and where there's notorious places where you can buy a passport with very little checking. And then they try and trick the authorities that way, and, and so they got caught. Very brief follow-up. Even you seem to be reluctant to say the country they're from. And I find this strange. It's been reported publicly they're all originally from Fujian in China. Well, no, I China, said that. Cambodia, I, I, Turkey, No, no, originally Vanuatu. all of them. No, that's where the passports are yeah, from. So originally all 10 are so from you, Fujian you, in yeah. China. Mm. And that's what you go through. It says the, the Vanuatu national has a foreign passport believed to be issued by China. Right, you have somebody, a Cypriot national, who also had a passport from China. So yeah, no, there's no, and I think that's you, you, you need to say that. But this is one of those things where we've talked about this in the past. There is a real issue between China and its influence in Singapore. What gets reported in the media, and I think if the media calls this out more, then there will be a recognition that there are issues that you have to watch when it comes to investment from China. Yeah, uh, we're going to keep an eye on this one. This is a this is a great story and has all the international intrigue that uh, is, is just fascinating. Let's move on. President Joe Biden is at Camp David uh, Friday, probably right around now. I would imagine they might be uh, finishing up uh, a trilateral summit, the first ever trilateral summit with Japan, South Korea, uh, putting aside some of those uh, historical problems that they've had to talk about the uh, the bears in the room, North Korea and China. Uh, what are we expecting to come out of this, you know, besides the usual? We're going to de- deepen ties sort of comments, Steve. I, I think this is, in a way, being underreported, underappreciated. This is truly historic mm. to have Japan and South Korea coming back and you get, I gave a lot of credit to President Biden and his foreign policy team because what what do we think about when we think of Camp David and and foreign policy we think about the peace accords between mm. Israel and Egypt that was was brokered um by President Carter and and so to bring these two countries which had a very and continue to have somewhat of a fraught relationship had a very fraught relationship for decades if not centuries to a place like Camp David which has such a historic context to say we are now going to come together um, that has never been done before. And so this is really significant and if there can be a cementing of the ties between 
Japan, South Korea, and the United States. That will have huge impacts geopolitically, strategically, from an economic perspective. And you can see why China really does not like this development. That's the fascinating part you said. It will have real resonance for geopolitics in the reason. This is what an American president should be doing, Steve, going to Asia Pacific, re-engaging with Asia, improving geopolitical relations in this part of the world. But I do wonder, back home in the US, what kind of reporting coverage would this get? It, it will get some. It will not get the, the type of coverage that I think you saw the last time Camp David was used between Israel and Egypt. That was uh, a different time, different. These were people, the countries that had been at war with one another. This is not that different, but this is it could be more impactful from a U.S. perspective. And you saw like China beforehand, China really did not want to see this happen. And this is what Wang Yi, China's top, top diplomat, he warned Japan and South Korea last month against aligning too closely with the U.S. He said, no matter how yellow you dye your hair or how sharp you make your nose, you'll never turn into a European or an American. You'll never turn into a Westerner. So they're trying to make this, you know, Asian Mm. against Westerners. And they're very worried about the, the military aspects of this. They're worried about seeing a NATO like agreement come into mm. Asia, which has been so effective against the Russians in, in their invasion against Ukraine. And so it has just such huge significance. Um, again, yeah. I think it's not appreciated as much as it possibly could be. But down the road, if this lasts and all of the things that they've started to sign come through, it's going to have a real impact. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one uh, and see what the actual stuff is that comes out, uh, actual agreements or uh, statements that come out of that. Let's move on. Uh, the former president was indicted for the fourth time uh, this past week. Donald Trump. Donald yeah. Trump was um, uh, come up on charges in Atlanta, Georgia, for trying to influence uh, the uh, the election in that state. Since then, there have been many other topics that have come up. Trump says now he will skip Republican debates. Um, uh, uh, Judges are trying to figure out how to adjudicate four different uh, major criminal uh, trials, uh, federal trials with uh, Mr. Trump. So uh, it's just a it's a soup of (laughs) I don't even know what to call it, uh, of of legal of legal happenings uh, with the former president. Take us through uh, what this looks like from your perspective, Steve. Well, this Georgia indictment is different than the other three and can be much worse for uh, the former president in, in two significant ways. One, this is an indictment that charges 18 people with him in joining a criminal enterprise to have Georgia overturn the official election results. And so what this means is when you are tried with 18 other people, um, and when you are in this type of criminal conspiracy, you will go to jail if you are convicted. So what does this mean? I think this means that it is highly likely that some of these 18 are going to go to the prosecutor and say, let's cut a deal. Yep. Right. I'm going to 
tell the truth. Yeah. I am not going to go along with this big lie anymore. And then when that happens and now you're, you know, flipping witnesses um, against the president, uh, the former president, that is going to have a major impact. The second piece of this is that this is occurring in a state court. So even if Donald Trump were to win or another Republican were to win, they can't make this case go away. They can't bring in a new attorney general uh, and say, drop this case like they could with the other federal prosecutions because this is state. And there is no presidential pardon here because it is a state crime, nor can the Georgia governor under Georgia law pardon him. So this one's not going away, even if he were to win or another Republican were to win. So there is a lot of worry, I would think, for the former president in this case that he doesn't have in the other cases. Well, you mentioned it there, one or two guys. This is the first indictment, I believe, where so many people have been hauled up and named. And they're even using the RICO Act. Now, for those who don't know, it's the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, the RICO Act. Anybody who's seen a mafia movie in the last 50 years knows the RICO Act, meaning it's used primarily, Steve, to bring down organized crime. So the fact that they're using mafia-like legal challenges to bring down the former American president to get his old guys to flip shows you how far this whole thing has descended. And yet it's still not cutting through with Republican voters. I don't know at this point what else needs to be said. Well, we don't know yet if it's not cutting through. Now, why they use this statute, this this RICO statute, and why RICO was created is because mafia bosses were always smart enough to never pull the trigger. That's right. right. Never be on the phone to say, pull, you know, I want you to... Never have the body buried at their place. Right. 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 And and kept their fingerprints off it, but they were running it. And so the RICO was created so you could get the person at the top not just those yep. that were the, the bag men or the, 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 the trigger men. That's right. right. And so this is the same process here. Donald Trump sat on top of this. Donald Trump is the one who called, you know, the, the Secretary of State said, find me those votes. Donald Trump is the one who tweeted all this out. Donald Trump would have all the rallies saying this was a big lie. And so you get Donald Trump and everybody who is involved with this. So it wasn't necessarily... Let's use this because we think we can flip witnesses. Let's use this because we need to hold Trump accountable for what he started and what he sat on top of, even if he didn't commit every single crime that went into this criminal indictment. Briefly, it's the same principle, though, Steve, isn't it? The the middlemen, the bagmen, if you like, they're equivalent for Trump. They're going to sit down and say, I don't want to take a hit for this guy. I'm not going to prison for this guy when he was the one ordering me to do this, that and the other. So it, it, it could happen, couldn't it? You could get some of these 18 guys flip. You could, and I think you will. I mean, I think that they, they, they did not. Do they want to go to jail for five years because of, of this? Probably not. And so I think that is why this case is different mm. than the other ones. Mm. Now, now, to the point, does, does this strengthen him with Republican primary voters? It might. Um, but does it strengthen him going into the general election? We don't know. And the other thing that's different about Georgia, we mentioned two differences about Georgia. A third difference about Georgia is Georgia allows televisions in the courtroom. Yeah. 
The federal system does not. So this will be a televised. This will be the OJ trial, trial of the uh, 2023. You saw that most boring OJ clip Simpson. ever of the, of the lady just carrying the papers from the room. <laughs> and that was it. That was the TV spectacle. I think this will be bigger yeah. than the OJ yeah. trial. Yeah. I think this because I don't know how big, and obviously we were in the U.S. back mm. during during the OJ days, or at least I was. Um but, you know, you would watch it. You'd come home at night and you'd watch it, at whatever happened during the day. But this is global. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, and like tying this back into the, the U.S.-Japan-Korea story, I mean, Donald Trump is notoriously anti-alliance. And so you want, if you're Joe Biden and the leaders of Japan and Korea, get this cemented right away because Trump could walk away from it. Mm. And so this trial it could very well impact whether Donald Trump wins the presidency again, which will very much impact what happens in this part of the world. So I think this might be the biggest trial ever. Hmm. And from a global perspective, I mean, when you go back, it's the OJ trial, it's the Lindbergh baby trial that come to mind. It's the Scopes monkey trial, which didn't, it, your TV didn't exist, of course, back then. Didn't for Lindbergh. This is going to be mm. massive. Fantastic. All right, let's close out on the women in football. Women, the Women's World Cup. I'm uh, so looking forward to what congr- Steve's got to say. Congratulations, uh, Neil, on your uh, your, Not your me, ladies. But yes, I, I, my daughter's delighted. Yes. Um, okay. There is a discussion about why sex differences matter in football. Controversial. Steve, take us through what this actually means in terms of women versus men when it comes to playing football, soccer, uh, at, at whatever level. Well, okay, I don't think there's any controversial statement that women and men are different physiologically. I think that that is a that is a given. The question becomes should there be different rules, different equipment, different facilities uh, when it comes to men's soccer and women's soccer. Uh, or you could say men's football and women's football. Mm-hmm. And in in basketball, women have a smaller ball than mm-hmm. men do. In if you look at baseball versus softball, baseball Different size bases, pitching mound much different, ball much different, and women's softball is different. Soccer is one of the only sports where the rules are exactly the same. The pitch is exactly the same. The ball is exactly the same. And there have been studies done that if you were to have a slightly smaller ball, a slightly smaller pitch, a slightly smaller goal to take into account the physical differences between men and women, that would have an impact and a beneficial impact on the women's game. Nothing you say is untrue. Everything is statistically and physiologically correct. We knew that before. We know that now. But the women's game right now is fighting for a semblance of equality financially. It's going on right now. They're asking FIFA Mm. to get the same money that the men get. And they need that money a lot more than the men. Because for Mm. the men, it's pocket change. They don't even see that money. It's so little. But for the women's game, getting a couple of hundred thousand bucks or whatever it is for getting to the World Cup final is huge money. The last thing, the last thing that you need right now is middle-aged men telling them what they should and shouldn't have. <laughs> One that is just utterly ridiculous, Neil. First why? of all, but why? Look at, look at, you were talking about money. What happened? Women's tennis is making way more money now than it ever had before. They have different rules than men's tennis. Look at what happens for women's golf. But they have, they before. have different 
The if second we, the game becomes a little bit successful, we've got men saying, you need to change it now. No, I, I, no one's saying, it, people are saying, if you change it, would it make it more successful? And why is it that soccer is different than every other sport? Why is soccer me, different than tennis? Question. Why is soccer different than golf? Why let me, is soccer let me, different Steve, let me break baseball? in. Are, is women's football, is women's soccer asking for these changes? I would. Who, who's, who's they're asking actually, for more money. No, I get the money no argument. One, it's not. I don't think no one's asking for the changes. People are asking the question. The question is: Are women being more susceptible to concussions because they're using the same ball as men? And if it was a slightly wa- a smaller ball, would they have okay. less harm to them? If the pitch were smaller, would they have less? Because they're having. There's more injuries, I believe. To women than to men when it comes to, to knees and, sure. and the damage that gets done. If it were a slightly smaller, would it be safer for women? I get These it. are very legitimate questions. I to get ask. it, but but I think I think at the heart of it, what I'm asking is. Is it the women that are bringing up these these questions themselves? Is it the women's professional professional the football thing league? Right? Women need right now. Who's actually bringing is up anybody the to say their game should be changed or yeah. reduced or shortened or diminished in any way when they're striving for equality? Especially when not a single woman in the game, to my knowledge, is asking for these changes. That's the issue. They're asking for equality, and for us men to say at the moment, we think your game should be like this. Is the last thing they need well, to hear. That's right my. Now. That's what my question is. Who is actually well, women should these, be having this conversation? These. It should be women talking to other women to decide the w- rules that women want. Well, it if you look at us. what happened, like with with world rugby, when when the women decided to test a smaller ball designed for women's smaller hands, players were split. Some said they see this as a handicap to have to use a bigger ball. Others make Neil Neil's point that, well, this is a concession that undermines the prestige of the women's game. But mm. why would you have a global sport and you can, can only men talk about what should the rules be when it comes to men's soccer and only women can no, talk? No, well, no. that's what you just said. I just think the timing is terrible. Why now? The game has never been more popular. The semifinal in, the, in Australia got the biggest viewing ratings of the year across any sport, why would you want to dampen the spirits at the moment and say, oh, your game is physically and physiologically inferior? Why would you want to bring that up now is what no I'm saying. No one's saying it is inferior. What people it are isn't saying, inferior. It's no just one different. Said, you said it was inferior. No one said inferior. it was inferior. People are saying... Would it be a better game if soccer did the same thing that almost every other sport did, which said we are going to have slightly different rules be for, for men and women? There's that, possibly a so case for this, the goals. Let me just say there's possibly a case for the size of the goals because men are literally and physically taller than women for the most part. But that's not my decision to make. Again, that should be for the women's game to decide. However, there are always extremes. The the England goalkeeper is extraordinarily tall. Most of the goalkeepers have been extraordinarily tall. You're always going to get extremes in both genders. The greatest footballer to ever play the game, Lionel Messi, is shorter than my 15-year-old daughter at 1.7 metres. So you're going to get extremes on both sides. That doesn't necessarily mean we need to make these wholesale changes just at the moment when the women's game is really taking well, off the, across the world. The reason world. you're having the debate now is because the women's game is taking off and you're getting more and more people to watch. I, the, 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 the Sweden-USA uh, game was one of, the, one of the best soccer games I've seen any period. Not men, women. I yeah. loved watching that, so it that just, game. It, I just bring it back to if, if there was an actual accident, if there was an actual something where women 
in the sport were saying, hey, look, we deserve to have different circumstances because of our physical attributes. I'm okay with it. If it's a bunch of male sports writers saying, hey, we should shift this because other sports do it. Or male scientists. I've, I've well, got a bit of a Wait, a so wait a second. So a 2018 study finds that repeatedly heading a football seemed to harm women's brains more than men's. Right. And that's the same argument for the men. Men have been, there's now a generation, like in AFL, there's a generation of footballers now who are in their 60s and 70s, 80s, who are dying of Alzheimer's. Some of the World Cup winning players of the England squad have died of Alzheimer's because they used to head that massive leather ball and they are the, the brown leather ball. And so they're asking for changes there. But that's to me a cross gender issue. That isn't just men and or women. They both get head injuries from heading the ball. But, but, they're, but women get worse, seeming from this study, who knows, right? But if, if it's true that women get worse head injuries from having the same then size that should be ball looked at. as men, of course it should be then you at. should have a, a, a lighter ball for women than for men because it makes the sport safer. But then it's the same argument applies. The shots are less powerful, the headers are less powerful, the crosses are less powerful, so they're not heading the ball quite as hard, they're not striking the ball quite as hard. These things are also physiologically true. So it works both ways, doesn't it? No, it, it works. Head injuries are head injuries for both genders. When a man heads the ball, he'll head it generally harder than a woman. So they are both susceptible to head injuries. And you should say, we should make this, this sport safer. It's never going to be safe. You're never going to have football safe, but you should make it safer. And, this, and, and, and I think having the raising of women's, the, the women's game, the World Cup being so popular, makes this the perfect time to have this type of discussion. Let us know what you all think on WhatsApp 885-0893. we got to leave it there. Steve, thanks so much. Next week, we are definitely going to talk about two other topics. Vietnamese electric vehicle maker VinFast, what they're doing. And we're also going to talk about India's third lunar mission and where they are uh, next week with that. Uh, racing against the Russians right now. We're going to have those two topics on next week. Steve, thanks so much for being with us. See you next week. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.